0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, uh, chat to some special guests about the, the world of self-publishing, being a writer and things that go beyond that, which is what we're talking about today, because we have a very special guest, Damon Manx, who is a writer himself, but also he's the owner of Last Waltz Publishing, which is an independent uh, publishing firm, which is a really interesting thing, I think, for self-published authors and aspiring authors to learn about. So it's really nice to have you, Damon. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It is wonderful to be
0: here. Well, that is great to hear. And also, we wouldn't be here at all if it wasn't for the man himself, Craig Touch, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. Craig, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Roland. Thanks,
2: uh, and thanks for joining us, Rob. I know that you have led a very interesting life, um, and uh, you have lots of different stories to tell. But I think you know what we were talking about focusing on here was is the fact that you went and you started an indie publishing company yourself, and the what led up to that I think is is a is a great story itself maybe depending on how you look on look at it a horror story or a cautionary tale about uh, you know tra- or, well what what you went through so let's start with that but but I think um you know in general it's it'll be useful for a lot of authors to hear um you know actually they'll learn from that story as well of, of what kind of things to avoid and, and watch out for but also you know if they're kind of wondering, what an indie publisher does and what it can do for them and whether it would be a good fit for them or you know whether they want to start an indie publishing company themselves. Like We can talk about all that sort of stuff. So why don't you start us off by, uh, by giving us the history of how this all went down?
1: Yeah, that sounds great uh, to me. And I like how you put that as uh, a cautionary horror story because that is so apropos for what happened to me. So my name is is Robert Kiosi. That was my birth given name, and I write under the pen name uh, Damon Max. So I had this dream, you know, like so many authors out there, uh, we're going to hone our skill. We're going to uh, get a a compilation of a bunch of stories. We're going to refine them, and it was my idea that I was going to start submitting those stories to see how I did. I expected a lot of rejections because I feel that's a rite of passage. You know, we all deserve our rejections to climb that ladder to where we want to be. And of course I did. I received my rejections um, little by little, and and they started adding up. And I kept the faith, and I I kept refining my stories and writing more stories. And eventually, you know, the magazine started publishing me. And that's where we want to be. We want to see that first acceptance letter come through, and, and I got that, and it was subsequently followed by another, and followed by another, and then an acceptance into a uh, into a contest, um, you know, where I, I placed. So I said, okay, you know, we've achieved this, now it's time to submit to an indie publishing company to see if they think that my material is good enough to print. Because I've always had it in my mind that there are certain steps to this game. You submit to magazines, you get that first publication, you go to an indie label, and then if the gods are favorable upon you, you grow as an indie author and make it to that pinnacle of traditional publishing.
2: And, and sorry, how long ago was this?
1: This was one year ago. I, start, oh. uh, I started a year ago in March submitting the journey has been much longer. I have been writing since a, a young, a wee lad. A wee lad. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I was just sort of curious whether, you know, cause you mentioned about this, the journey and the steps and uh, you know, going through uh through a self or through a, uh, an indie publisher, but you didn't mention sort of any, uh, consideration to self-publishing. And so I was just curious whether or not this was all before self-publishing was sort of a thing, or, you know, it was just uh, something you didn't consider for whatever reason. Yeah,
1: no, I actually, you know, my, my first thoughts were the self-publishing route is not for me. That was, you know, I want to get, I want someone else to give me that validation that I'm good enough. Right. And for some, you know, that's what I was thinking. Um, what I thought then and what I thought think now are a little different, very different. <laughs> so yeah. I submitted a, a uh, I had one novelette in particular that I wanted to see if an indie author, uh, indie publishing company would pick up. And I started submitting it around and I, and I got one or two, you know, really nasty rejections on it. You know, one Ooh. one one person uh, came back saying uh, this was just too boring for me to even finish. Uh, wow, so that that was uh, a little disheartening. But then, you know, so I I came up with a very creative cover letter, and since the book was about a, a baby being left on someone's doorstep, I came up with a cover letter that emulated me leaving this story on the publisher's doorstep and i i dropped that in their their email and right away they got back to me they're like this is the most creative cover letter i've ever gotten i can't wait to read your story um week or so later they got back to me and wanted to publish abigail which was my story uh so i was elated over the hill um really thought that was the pinnacle and I was so impressed that a a indie label wanted to publish my story I kind of jumped into it like I did a little bit of background research on them but I didn't dig deep and I signed with them and they put my story out well they I should have known like they sent me the they weren't even going to send me a proof of what they did to edit and when I got it, I looked at it, and there was no editing done. Um, it was formatted very haphazardly, so I went about it and fixed it all myself and sent it back to them, and they put it out, and there were still a ton of mistakes in it. Uh, that should have been like the major red flag right. after that, the things got even worse um when it came time for royalties to be distributed. They were balking. They weren't sending their royalties to myself or any of the other authors on the team. Um, So, of course, authors talk, you know, when we're discussing it and I'm finding out more indiscretions that the owner had pulled over the year. And uh, eventually I found out that They were taking also money from the authors to buy author copies of their own books, never placing the orders and pocketing the money. So it took me a couple of months. Uh, I'm from the Northeast. I have a very New Jersey attitude, um, which can be abrasive at times. So like I got. I got in the person's face and and eventually I was the first author to leave that company. And uh, that was my experience with going with a, a indie publishing company. My first shot out the door, uh, probably
2: as bad as it could get, you know. Yeah. Did you ever but, hear if uh, any of it got resolved or
1: So after I left, and after another one of the authors left who was pretty I'm pretty close with, good friend of mine the company went under. They pulled all their authors' books off of Amazon. They deleted their website, deleted all their social media accounts and didn't pay their authors. Wow. So they vanished uh like a thief in the night.
0: Yeah. That's so um, sad. It's it's the sad thing is we have heard so many stories of like predatory people in this industry. Because self-publishing, yeah. you know, so many people aspire to see their book there. They've given a lot into it and and you know, it, there's an opportunity for people who are less than honest to take advantage of people's aspirations and and screw them. And it's so horrible. There are so many people I know whose writing careers ended because they just couldn't face going back and trying it again.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you could take that experience and let it destroy you, or you can use it to grow and use it as a learning experience uh, and then take that knowledge and use it to help others. And that's what i wanted to do i wanted to make sure no no authors who were coming just out of the gate with that steer, starry-eyed look in their eyes fell into that same trap that i did and although i couldn't you know help everybody the authors who i was able to help or you know who approached me and we decided we would work together you know i was able to at least keep them under my wing and give them the knowledge that. I learned the hard way. And that's why I opened up Last Waltz. It was initially, you know, okay, I'll put out my own books because there's a a huge benefit in opening a publishing company for at least your own material. But not only that, to take other authors under your wing, help them with, with the knowledge that you've gained and grow a community where you can support one another and lift one another up because there's only so much you can do on your own. Um, you know, one voice screaming in the, the valley is only so loud. But if we get 20 of us, you know, now we're exponentially louder and we can be seen and, and heard. That's so interesting,
0: Craig. I think that's why you and I do what we do to a certain extent. I mean, we yeah, we have writing aspirations of our own, but it is very rewarding to work with other writers and be able to do something valuable for them.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why we started Hidden Gems is, uh, you know, we were writing and, you know, at that time I was doing my own arcs and, uh, you know, my own promotions and I just recognized, you know, through talking to other authors and being part of, you know, a big group of authors, uh, things that everybody was struggling with and everybody could use help with. And so, you know, we just built from there. Um, so it's a similar sort of thing. I'm curious what, so you had mentioned that, you um, there are a lot of benefits to, you know, uh, starting a publishing company, even just for your own books. Uh, can you talk a bit about what some of those benefits are? Well, okay. So let's look at
1: it this way. So if you're an independent author, as so many of us have been or are, the, you're, you're now, you're, you're the writer, um, but hopefully you're not your own editor. Uh, although a lot of people are their own editors until they can afford uh, professional editing. You may be dabbling in cover design. So if not, you're you're buying uh, professional work to be done from a cover artist. You are then learning how to format on your own. You are learning how to hopefully promote your own book. Possibly you are have taken it to the steps of pre-launch and actually launch and set a schedule up for how you're actually going to do that. You're hopefully learned how to grow and develop a newsletter uh, so that you can reach uh, an exponential amount of people on a mailing list. Um, And as you're doing that, there's a lot of costs involved. Your cover artist, your editor, your uh, MailChimp, Story Origin, um, your own website. Ooh, that's a big one. Someone to build your own website if you're not proficient with that. Um, so, everything you do as an indie author, that dollar sign is ringing up. If you were to open up a LLC or a self proprietorship for your company and say, You became Last Waltz Publishing. Well, now all of that is deductible on your taxes. So everything that you put out to put your book out, to promote yourself, uh, to, to grow your business, to expand the gas you put into your car. If you go out for dinner and you're talking about what's going to happen with your next project, all of that is deductible on your taxes, which is not something you can do as an indie author without your own label or your own business. Which right. is kind you can, of good. You, you,
2: you can start your own business without starting your own label, which is, and then still make those deductions. But, but I, but I understand the point where you know. Um, All of those things are costs, and they are not just costs in terms of dollars, but in terms of time and that time of learning all those things. Of going, and even if you aren't learning them to do them yourselves, going out to try to find the people to do each individual thing, finding a cover designer, an editor, uh, you know, all of those different things, right? So there's that soft cost of that's time taken away from writing, right? So, when you, so I guess your point is you, you know, us, uh, publisher will do those things for you they already have the expertise they're going to take on that role and you can concentrate on publishing your book and letting them do the other stuff is that how? yeah well
1: i i was just talking about like the benefits of if you're an indie author and you opened up your own label like that's some of the benefits right away Mm -hmm. it also you know take a look at it as if you're an indie author and you want to go and get signed by a uh uh, label a small label. Last Waltz Publishing, a Gloom House. Maybe you want to try to go a little bigger with Crystal Lake Publishing. Um, there's there's a lot of reputable ones out there, you know. And you're going to find just as many predators out there. Um, but that's it, you know. Do you you'd sign a contract and you would if once you're happy with the terms, you know the the indie label would take care of your editing would take care of your cover design hopefully they've got something in place where they're going to take care of the promotion of your pre-launch of your book the launch of your book and you know to keep promoting that once it's been out there because a lot of times it just goes out there and then they're on to the next book and your book is quickly forgotten these are all things you know so that's a benefit of going with a, a reputable indie label
2: or, you know, do you want to right. do that all on your own? Yeah, exactly. And 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 then the indie label is just basically recouping their costs from the, you know, the sale of your book. Uh, right. You're not you're not paying that up front as the author
1: for all yeah. the services. Yeah, um, absolutely.
0: What is the difference in terms of royalties? Because I know if you go to like one of the big five, I think you generally get like 10 percent royalties. And uh, right. I know that some independent publishers, you know, give more royalties, which can be of, of benefit, I guess. Or
1: Yeah, I've actually, I've received contracts from, uh, you know, submitted stories to other companies who have wanted to give me 30% for my story. Um, some, I mean, you can negotiate higher than that if you could get a little higher than 30 good for you that's really good you know um but you know definitely do your diligence and and do your work if you're trying to go that route and you want to you know you've got it set in your mind that self-publishing is out i'm definitely going for at least an indie label or you know i'm going to shoot the moon and go for a, a slightly larger company to put out my work you know But, you know, the bigger, like you said, the bigger the company, the
0: less royalty you're going to get for sure. And I think there's to a certain extent, I, I personally have lost a lot of faith in the big publishing companies. I mean, I've worked with some of them independently and, you know, they're getting rid of proofreaders and their covers might not necessarily seem the right thing. Sometimes even the big publishers don't do any form of advertising when they do do advertising. They just don't get it. I mean, for me, I know, and I think Craig's the same, like there's a bit of a control freak aspect to it, wanting to self-publish, but also there's the case that you feel like these publishers that you're giving your life's work to don't necessarily have the skills or the knowledge to give you a fair crack of the whip. And then a lot of independent places can either not know anything or they can know enough to do a better job for you than a bigger publisher might.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good point. Um, the The traditional publishers have it's changed so much, you know. A lot of for a lot of us, you know, the standard was to read Stephen King's on writing, and you'll be filled with a sense of like, oh, I can do this. Stephen King's just a regular guy who got a really good break, and he got you know four million dollars for Carrie, you know. But uh, even since he wrote that book, things are very different. I, I work with an agent. Um, So about nonfiction and he's he's represents some big books like he works with Trevor Noah. He's did the books dope sick that's been on Netflix and he he tell you I mean like right now the the traditional publishers are looking to sign people with a million plus followers on Twitter or TikTok and if you're not as an author going to sell Thirty thousand copies on release date. They really don't want to take a chance on you, and <laughs> that's really sad because you know now we've got just celebrities putting out books, and and if I haven't you know been the lead singer of Kiss for thirty five years, nobody wants to buy my book.
2: Um, so, yeah, we we hear similar stories. Uh, yeah, at the time. I'm sure. but, you know the the. Um... The advances have gone down. The amount of promotion that they're doing for your books have gone down. Uh, and they still, you know, they, they expect you as the author to do far more for far less these days.
0: And you wonder what the appeal is. And sometimes the books that get out, I just read, I went to school with Minnie Driver and I just read her biography. And it took me an hour to read because it was so small and it was done by Harper, Harper One or something. And you're like, that that's not giving her as an author fair representation. It seems like a money grab to a certain extent.
1: I think it's definitely a money grab. I think they're, they're grabbing every person who might sell 30000 of a memoir and just giving them a book deal. I uh, recently went to a book signing with Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead, um, who is a really nice guy. Norman is very, very cool, um, very down-to-earth. Ghostwriter, of course, is included in the credits of the book. And I had a really hard time reading it. Um, Just wasn't. I'm also not a fan of the style that it was written in, but it just uh, it didn't appeal to me. And I I couldn't finish it. Um,
2: Yeah, they're selling it on name, right? That's, That's really all it is. He's got the followers already. That's all that matters, like you said. So if you are as an indie publisher, you're um, taking on the costs of of doing all these extra things for your authors. Right. And then um, obviously that comes out of that's one of the reasons why they don't get as high percentage uh, as they would self-publishing. And that's fair enough. Um, And then if you like as a, as a small publisher, I I'm curious about whether you offer an advance, probably not would be my guess, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I I've never offered an advance on on any of the authors that I've signed. I do do occasionally anthologies where that'll offer a flat rate for your submitted material. Of, Of course, you know, so there's a deal. Anthologies are different than if I signed on a, author to release a novel or, or a novella. Um, Usually that's just a straight, uh, we're going to do the royalty split and author copies are available to you at cost. And, you know, I would supply a couple copies out of my pocket for the author, you know, give them proofs to make sure that they're happy with the product. And also, you know, once the product is finished, I'd send them a couple
2: copies as well. And are you able to do anything with paperbacks in terms of, you know, getting them into stores or is it more a matter of just sort of publishing them through, you know, the online paperback distributors uh, that most indie or most, uh, you know, self-publishers would use?
1: Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, we all start probably, we all start with Amazon, which it's, it's an easy platform to learn. KDP is good. And, you know, to be quite honest, where are most people buying their books these days? They're not leaving the house. they most people are buying them at Amazon. So if you can yeah. put a good product out on Amazon, as much as I hate to endorse the giant, you know, but there's no avoiding it. But also, you know, I mean, there's other companies now. We have our we are now stepping into having our books available through Barnes and Noble and the Ingram platform. By using Ingram Spark or, or Lulu or the Barnes and Noble Press, you can now do your paperbacks, your hardcovers, even your ebooks books um, then have them available through the Barnes and Noble Press uh, Bar- uh, Ingram platform, and they are also then also available to buy on Amazon. So we're actually doing that now. I'm in the process of learning all of that. So there's another aspect too like it's the whole learning curve like as as a as a self-publishing author you have to learn everything on your own and then go and do it and if you've got the time i i say do it yeah definitely do it um but if you don't you know it's it's nice to
2: have somebody help you
1: and it's nice to have a team
2: working with you well exactly that's that's what i was saying earlier with the that's a soft cost that not everyone thinks about they're like well you know I, they're going to take a bigger percentage. And so I can do all these things myself and I'll just learn how to do them. And it's like, you can absolutely you can but it's going to take you time. And even if you're just going to go the route of hiring somebody to do each thing, you know, there's two problems that could come from that. One is, Again, it's, it's time of finding the right person, not getting ripped off, you know, whatever. But there's also the idea that, you know, now you're putting out all that money ahead of publication. You're taking on all of that financial risk, which is fine for some people. But for others who can't afford that, if they went with a publisher, they would they would do all that for them, assuming they could get signed they would take that on. They don't have to put that money up front to get a cover design and to get the editing done and to get this and, this and that and all that stuff. So, you know, there's there's that benefit too. And, you know, as you were saying earlier, a lot of time when people start, they'll start off by cutting those corners. They'll do their own covers and they'll not do an editor or whatever. And then that kind of shoots themselves in the foot because then they end up with a with a poor product that doesn't sell as well as it could have. And that might sort of affect how they think about, whether this career is for them, you know, maybe if they had done things right, either by spending the money or by going with a small publisher that could have done it for them, they could have had a better successful, more successful launch, giving them the confidence to, to do better, to do more and to, to go forward. And then they end up instead, you know, thinking, oh,
0: it didn't work. Forget it. And because you, you can learn everything yourself. But I mean, for me, I published 11 books before I published my first bestseller. So I learned what I needed to do, but it took 11 books and five years.
1: Well, congratulations. <laughs> and that had to be so rewarding, too, though. I mean, not maybe even the 11 up to, you know, but when you reach that point and you have your bestseller and you have all that knowledge, too, you know, so yeah, that, that was a lot of learning that you undertook.
0: I'm very stubborn, (laughs) but the advantage of going to somebody like you is you have that knowledge that you can help share with somebody new.
1: Well, yeah, that's the idea. You know, when you go with a a publishing company, the idea is now you've got somebody who knows four different editors, you know, has five different cover designers, you know, all working on the team. Um, We have uh, people who can help, you know, do beta reading for you. We have ARC reviewers who we send your books out to who will have those reviews on on uh, release day, you know. So there's a lot. Um, and it, if you're just getting started, it can be overwhelming because I really feel like authors should be writing. Um, if it's taking away from you creating, you know, it, I can only just emphasize take away. It takes away
0: also we writers tend to like prescri- uh, to procrastinate and doing these things <laughs> ourselves is a great idea, a great way to come up with reasons to procrastinate. Tell and, me. And, about.
2: Yeah. And, and so I, I would imagine, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but from, from my ex- own experience of um, the amount of time I get right now running a, a business, which is zero, you uh, you know, <laughs> You're probably not getting as many books, if any, of your own books written these days um, as you're trying to learn all this stuff and publish other people's books and stuff. Right. So that's probably, you know, so well, you can tell me, but I would imagine that's in terms of whether people want to sort of go the route of starting an indie pub. If they still want to write, that might be something they want to think about in terms of a trade offering. I yeah,
1: boy, I'd like to tell you that it's different. But uh, that that is the case. I, I'm fortunate that uh, I did a little bit of stockpiling of my stories before I actually ventured into opening up the publishing company. So I have a, a four-book series that's still sitting on the shelf, getting ready to come out. Um, but as far as writing new stuff, it and, and I'm not fast when it, you know, like, a lot of guys will see a submission and then write it that day and then send it out. You know, um, I'm not that guy i uh, I would say maybe if I get one to two days now a week where I write some that's about that's about it right now. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. but um
1: watching. I still you know I have aspirations that that will change.
2: <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I've, I've had those aspirations for years now. I'm going to get back to writing. I'm going to get back to writing. Um, so I'm curious about what your process is for how you um, decide whether to accept a book. Because obviously, you're taking on all the risk for um, publishing somebody. Uh, you know, you're, I imagine, not the cover designer and editor and, um, you know, blurb writer and, uh, you know, you're not doing all that work yourself. You have people that are doing it. So you're paying those people Um, and you don't get the money back unless that book sells enough to cover those costs. So with that in mind uh, it's, it would make more sense if indie publishers like yourself were picky about the books that they choose. Uh, to to. You can't just take every book, right? Because you're going to look at a book and be like, uh, you know, I can't, even if it's not a terrible book, it might not be something that you particularly would know how to do a really good job marketing. Maybe it's not the genre that you're, you know, that you're familiar with or whatever, right? So what sort of things go into your sort of process of is it just quality of book is it you know what is it i'm i'm really driven by voice uh you
1: know for me if, if i'm oh, i'm going to say it uh you know what it it's got to be a book that i want to read first of all and i have discerning taste like i'm into i'm into throwback to like ray bradbury and you know the twilight zone and i like classic horror um where i'm not so drawn to this new extreme version of horror and the splatter stuff although sometimes i've been thrown in there um i really i like atmospheric and i like gothic and i like stories like that and i like mysteries and i like to be i like to feel suspense so first of all i've got to i've got to be drawn in and i've got to be drawn in within a page or two you know if i can't don't identify with the voice that the author has it's not gonna it, i'm not gonna force myself so initially i'm drawn to that i'm also drawn to somebody who's got a huge social media presence and and can sell books but um that's not the huge deciding factor because that's really not why i started the business i started it to Publish my own and to help other authors who are like minded. And when I mean like minded, I guess kind of similar styles, you know, um, similar aspirations. I know most of us authors don't get in the business to get rich. Although, you know, if it happened, we're, we're not going to be upset about it. Um, but that being said, you know, I've got to identify with the story. I, I don't know. You know, I think most authors are somewhat introverted, which makes it hard for us to publish uh, promote our own material. But if I see an author who's prolific in the social media realm, where they're reviewing other people's books, they're interacting, they're not confrontational. Like, if I get a submission and I really like it, and then I look at what they're doing and they're making political comments on uh, on Instagram or they're getting really confrontational, man, I can't work with that. There's, so, you know, you've got to be likable and you've got to have a good personality. Unfortunately, you know, you, social media is huge these days. You know, you've, yeah. you've got to present yourself in a professional light and deal with the, the rest of uh, the social the public
0: professionally that's a just look at jk rowling you know biggest the first billionaire author in the world and now she's a pariah
1: <laughs> of
0: social media right yeah
1: you gotta you got if you've got views that are questionable you better keep them to yourself you know that's well or you
2: make, or you make your billion first and then you go out and tell people what you think <laughs> That way it works too. Uh, you know, and those are good points. Like I, that isn't even something I really even thought about when I was thinking, you know, what would go into it. And that makes sense though, because especially these days, I think a lot of us here or we even sort of tell our children, you know, be careful what you say on social media, on the internet these days, cause that stuff lasts forever. And pr- perspective, uh, um, employers, a lot of the time these days, they, they'll look it up, right? And if you are acting like an idiot on social media, they're not going to want to hire you. And so you have to be really careful. So that makes sense that that's also something that you would look for when you're hiring uh, or where you when you're, before you're signing uh, an author. Absolutely. And listen, it makes total sense that you have to uh, really enjoy the book too. I, I would expect nothing less. Why would you read a book, be bored with it and be like, yeah, I'll let's sign you. I mean, that, that makes, it makes total sense that, that that's something that you would require. <laughs> you
1: know, and then on the other hand, you know, there's, there's genres that make a lot of money. Um, and, and every now and then I'm like, Oh geez, I should just print that stuff. You know, it's making so much money, but it's not who I am. And, and, you know, when I last waltz publishing it, Okay, so we're, we're certainly not an erotica. You know, we're not a hardcore um, last waltz. It's kind of, you know, I, I wanted a gothic uh, sense with a literature base. And I, I wanted my authors to have unique voices and uh, stunning prose and atmospheric tales. And And if I were to go and take that step into like extreme horror where it's just you know body horror just for the sake that it sells or to put out er- erotica because it makes a lot of money uh, I wouldn't be
2: being true to
1: myself so I I yeah. couldn't I couldn't do that and you I
2: think that's the wrong. Real- oh. Well I was just going to say you wouldn't be being true to the authors either because you know you probably wouldn't be as as effective working for them to sell to to market those books and sell those books because that's not your area of expertise right so you're focusing on what you know best and that's the way you're going to do best for your authors which is commendable in my opinion
0: and it's funny Ray Bradbury like those really satisfying books and I think you're right I remember Stephen King because you mentioned on writing stuff that he said you can either make a book scary or you can make it gory and he used to pass off a lot of his books and get them published because they were gory, but it's the scary ones. And it's the ones that really get into your head that he's so good at that are brilliant. And, and Ray Bradbury, like lays things out. And they're so satisfying as you read his science fiction stories, because you figure things out and you see them from, from different ways. And that's, that's different to just being like something that's gratuitous for the sake of it.
1: Yeah. Anytime anybody asks me, you know, what's your favorite book? I don't even have to hesitate by saying it. Well, it's easy. Something wicked this way comes. Oh yeah! Which it's just every to me the sentences, every sentence is perfect and it's so thought out, and uh, which just lead into paragraphs that are perfect, pages and chapters, and it's it's scary and it's atmospheric and it, it captures that sense of when you were a child and Halloween just held so much mysticism and and intrigue, and I. I won't, it will forever be my
2: favorite book of all time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that's great. I, even, even like the big publishers, I think a lot of them focus on, you know, uh, one thing they don't, most of them I don't think publish all the different genres or they have different sort of uh, uh, sort of publishing arms that do this and do that. Right. And that could be, you know, in your future too, as, as you grow as a company you might find that you have to hire other you know um, people that are the gatekeepers and they might have a different genre of, of specialty right and that's and then you would you know if a, if a uh, if, if for them it was romance then that stuff would go to them right and the other stuff would come to you and and that's how you grow as a business and and that's doing it not just right for you but it's doing it right for the authors and that's you know that's i think always the best best way to go
1: yeah and and also you know it's that's interesting that you mentioned that because when i've taken on authors you know i think this the second author that i did take on his name's jack wells he he writes um he, he he writes a little bit of everything but right now we're doing his series uh which is a mystery noir series and jack has you know become much more than just one of my authors he's he's worked on the team in the editing and arc reading. Um, he's, you know, he, he's like my right hand man. So, you know, I, it's more than just like, okay, you're, you're an author and I'm your publisher, you know, I with when you're at last waltz, your family, you know, but it really <laughs> is, you know, it, it, I hate to be that cliche, but you know, it's, it's, I'm trying to grow a team and with that team, we're growing a brand. Um, so yeah we have i'm discerning about the authors that i sign on but you know it's like you're also discerning about who you eat dinner with at your kitchen table you know because that's what i'm looking to to do is is really build a tight knit group of authors uh and uh, who help each other and you know who in, in turn become
2: invaluable to the label right so, if you were to give some advice to an author that um, was looking to uh, join an indie label, um, let's assume that they don't write in a genre that you uh, that you handle. Uh, what would you tell them to to look for? What are the what are the sort of like the well, a the red flags about what to stay away from, and b you know the the more positive things to look to specifically look out for uh, to to in, in a publisher that you'd want to work with. Do you have any sort of advice? On that? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, like the first thing I would tell somebody, you
2: know, if if you've got
1: interest or you're interested in a particular label, you are either going to submit to them or you have and are in negotiations, take a look at what they've put out. Take a look at like their most recent book. Take a look at their oldest book. Buy those. You can buy them off of Amazon and have them shipped to your house in a couple of days. Uh, also, you know, they should be very welcoming to have you talk to any of the authors on their label you can find all of those people on social media talk to these authors and say uh, how has your experience been working with them people are going to be honest with you if they're if they're unhappy they're going to be even more honest with you um, either way they're going to you're going to get a, a a good view of what that is if um, I would, would look at what they do as far as promotion for their authors. You know, some of your bigger indie uh, publishing companies are, you know, raising money for those books. Like Crystal Lake is, you know, raising money to really promote books. And that's huge. That's so helpful. And that helps them get even bigger names on their label. And that's what you want. You want to be surrounded by, uh, larger authors than yourself on a label so that it elevates you um if you're s- skeptical about the validity of of a label you can always go on google and go to the state and the city that the company is supposed to be from and check out if they're actually in business you know just because they're abc LLC, well, check if ABC is registered as an LLC. If I had done that, I would have saved myself six months of of pulling my hair out. And if you see it, it didn't end out so well. Um, It just migrated south. Yeah, it just all fell. (laughs) But yeah, you know, check to see if they're an LLC. Um, All those things. Uh, Also, you know, they're going to have they're going to have a social media, uh, sites. Check, check out how they conduct themselves on social media. Uh, if their posts are professional, um, or, you know, if they're kind of like, Oh, whoa, what's going on here? That it's a little outlandish, you know, there may want, may give you reason for pause. Um, and also check out their websites. You know, you may go to the website and see it's not even up and running anymore you know there's a lot of ways you can check it out see how they're doing Um, but you know the inside route talk to the authors who are on the team check out the books that they put out and see how they're formatted see how they're edited you know is there a mistake every other page you know that'll give you an indication of what's going on
0: that's really good advice caveat emptor I guess let the buyer Mm. beware you have to Take do your due diligence. Unfortunately, uh, we are running up to the end of the hour. We don't want to cut things short because what you're saying is fascinating. and I think really valuable advice for everyone listening because there's a lot of appeal to go to that, but so many, you need to do your due diligence first. Um, I was going to say, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, I've got just a book to, to reach out to Last Walk's Publishing with, where can they find you? What is the submission protocol like? What do they need to do?
1: All right. Well, I would say go to our website, which is www.lastwaltzpublishing.com. There is a submissions page on there. There's a contact page. You could check out, reach me by email at lastwaltzpublishing at Um, And also you could check out my author page, which is Damon Manx, www.Damon, D-A-E-M-O-N, manx.com. uh i'm on social media under both um damon manx and last waltz publishing on facebook instagram and twitter Yeah, I'm also on TikTok,
0: but uh, we're not going to mention it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll make sure to put links down below. And uh, to everybody listening to this, uh, make sure that if you found what rob has been talking about valuable, leave him a comment and let him know. Craig, do you have any additional questions or or thoughts before we wrap things up?
2: Uh, No, I mean, you know, I I think we covered a lot of it that uh, everybody would want to know in terms of um, whether or not going with a an indie publisher is right for them and how to, how to, how to choose that. And and if anybody want is thinking about, you know, starting an indie publishing, I think company that, this is sort of uh, it gives you a lot, a lot of insight of what goes into it and what they have to do and what they have to maybe sacrifice uh, to do it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm just going to run off and check out uh, Rob's TikTok videos. <laughs> it, sa- it sounds like he doesn't want me to look. So now I want to. <laughs> I, I
1: I only don't mention that because it's like a, it's my least successful platform. Yeah, no, but, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I've got some really nice bunnies and deer videos on there. So
2: and your dad, you're probably dancing in a few of them, right? So <laughs> well, probably I can but... see that. <laughs>
0: Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rob. This has been really, really great. And uh, hopefully the people listening, whether they're watching on YouTube or listening on wherever they listen to their podcasts, found this just as valuable as we did. So thank you so much for coming here. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and watch out for us returning then. Thank you so much for supporting us. Bye-bye.